starts off the program tonight with an introduction. Uh, I'd like to say welcome to everyone here. Ellie Goldsmith is the director of Unity Inspires Projects and is also known online as the Midnight Rabbi. We're also very honored to have uh, Rabbi Nassim Maimon here tonight, the past executive director of Breslov World uh, Center and is director of Breslov Torah. And we're also honored to have music tonight with Eliezer Kosoy and Menachem Herman. Before Ellie Goldsmith starts us off with the program tonight, let's begin with a little music from Menachem and Eliezer to get us in the yellow music mood. The biggest is to just remember how Ashrenu we all are, to remember what a slut it is to be Jewish. El is here, it's a matana. You should all use it, take advantage of the time we still have. Oh, my God. 
such an event and uh, I'll follow the orders of the musicians. I want to thank everybody very much for being here, especially the organizer Ari and his friend Ruben that really helped make it happen in the special Kalibach show, Ramat Beit Shemesh. Thank you to the show and all the wonderful attendees. And it's very important to appreciate the host kindness that they've made this possible. And of course, we have to thank the musicians, Menachem Herman, for bringing not just his uh, equipment and, and talent, but also his soul. His special breast of neshama, I had discussed the merit to have him perform at my wedding over 20 years, I mean, a bit less, but 18 years ago, and it was out this world. And my family, who are from the biggest promoters in the world, um, Harvey Goldsmith and my dad and my brothers, were there. And they were amazed by his talent. And they've seen the greatest bands on earth, like in Live Aid and other bands, any huge concerts that they were promoting and running. So it's a big tribute to his talent and that we have him here together in Ramat Beit Shemesh, that he can bring soul and amuna and unity together in such a place. I also want to thank my oldest friend in Eretz Yisrael, Eliezer Kosoi, a very big talent. Elion, we should see his new album soon, please God. And he and I have lived literally opposite each other in yeshiva and continue to have that deep connection living in Yerushalayim. We had, uh, my wife made a shidduch and Boch Hashem, and I can't wait for his new music. I want to thank most of all as Rav Maimon and uh, Yossi Lantin for being here together and bringing this aura of breastlov with a, with a uh, oh, breastlov, Torah. Very important to make that distinction because the whole point of unity is that the distinction can exist. You know, the, Rav Maimon is someone who's 40 years um, a teacher of ours in Breast of Torah, and I can't really introduce him, so I'm just going to just let him do the speaking, and that would be his introduction, because it would be much better than any words I can say. Um, but what I do want to just now take on a little journey of unity, and I'll try to keep it quick, because time is precious. That unity is something which is so important to the Gula, to the redemption. As I said, I come from a family of promoters. That's, that's the ability to unite people and bring people together in an event kind of context, unity events. There's also the concept of unity online and unity within ourselves. And what I want to focus on tonight as unity is that panemius, that inner level, which is really the most crucial. Really, if we develop that unity within, that unity of, of truth in our soul, in our heart. We find that place of Aftas Pasha, as the Swaram say, or as Rabbi Nachman brings out, the Esmach Od, the Nakuda Toba, Zamra Lakai Ba'odi. We rejoice in that little bit of good that's within us, that godly spark, as the Balatani also brings, this ability to have true Avis Yisrael, is completely bound up with the idea of having a soul and having a, a godly spark within. And it comes together with this concept of really allowing room for other people in our lives, 
for the loved ones, for the family, for the friends, for everybody around that we have what to do with. To understand that unity is something which, from within, is going to be created through our journeys, all of us here. And the power of the internet is to project it outwards to the world. That's what Hashem has made before Mashiach is coming. There's a tool that we can use to project the concept of unity from our holy land, the holy land in Eretz Yisrael, and this holy city in Ramat Beit Shemesh, so close to Yushalayim Rakhodesh. And we have the power to generate that kind of unity energy. And it also has to come together with joy and amuna. Those two aspects, amuna and joy, simcha. You know, Rabbi Nachman was, was, was Ben Simcha. He was, he was the son of Simcha. We know that that was a very big chizuk of Simcha. And that avoda of Simcha, joy and amuna and unity are very apropos to come together before the new year. Now there is, unfortunately, a lot of pain in the world and a lot of loneliness and depression. God forbid, Lo'aleinu. And all these kind of forces that are unfortunately infecting and creating a tremendous division and, and divide in politics and religion and within people's families and homes and communities. So when we've got such darkness that seems to be so enveloping the world, and you don't have to have me talk more about it, just go online, then all we have to do is obviously with our little light, our little flame of soul and passion, try create that that energy of unity and amuna and soul. And that's what we hope tonight's event is going to be dedicated to generating more light in the world, especially with Elul, especially with the new year, that with achdus, with unity, with togetherness, with the power of joining together as people, as people that don't just care about their own organization. You know, I work for Rav Shalom Orish, Shlita, and I have the ability to promote his light. It's a big merit. But the bigger light is that we're all together. That's the light of Am Yisrael. And that will be the key that we remind ourselves with all the Siddiquim and Mitim and all the holy people that we are meritorious to be around. We go to Uman or we go wherever we go on Rosh Hashanah or wherever we go for the new year. We should, we should go with that in mind that Shem Kutshibor that we're doing it for Shem Ko Yisrael. That it's, it's for all of the Jewish people and the whole world in truth. Because every one of us has connection to thousands and thousands of souls. We all have the ability, and I feel that obligation personally. And um, I want all of you to feel that obligation tonight, to, to bring a bit more achdus in your home, to realize that if you hear a message of pain that people have had past pain, to realize that we all have to work on ourselves, every one of us, and improve and come more to the level of love and unity and bring out more muna in the world to not worry. This is an event, thank God, it's free. There's no money involved. It's just totally for Hashem. Uh, please God, and it should be continued with the light that we create tonight and the energy and the music and the power of unity. It should be the beginning of something which, please God, should ignite all of our Israel to the Gula Shlema. We should have a Kasiba Kasiba Tova, everyone here. We thank you for coming. And please share the unity energy onwards. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, please, some more music. Play the music. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rob.
אנחנו נתיש את זה, אם אתה מאמין שיכול לקלקל, תאמין שיכול לתקן. שלא עבודים עם הרכוכס, תביאו את הצ'יינג'. stopped his van and picked me up. Where am I going? He'll take me. And we started talking, and I mentioned, he mentioned affiliation. I said, Breslov. He said, oh, really? I was in Oman. And I was always curious. I'm always curious to hear how somebody else perceives it. He said, I was there for Rosh Hashanah. I don't know if I'll be going back. So I said, but what do you think, what do you think about it? So he said, I'll tell you the truth. I gave it a lot of thought. And I'll tell you what I came up with. He said, I've been learning in yeshivas my whole life, 
And whenever the topic of Moshiach would come up, that Moshiach is going to come, I never had any way of picturing in my mind what's it going to look like. What is Klal Yisrael going to look like at that time? And he said to me, I'm not a rabbi, I'm not a Rosh Yeshiva, I'm not, I'm not saying this with authority. But if you ask me, I think it's going to look something like that. Meaning, he was describing watching people streaming, thousands of people streaming from all directions, converging on the shul, and looking at each one of the people, and every single one of them is an individual. Every single one of them looks different. There are different communities where you can go to, and you see most of the people look pretty similar. Similar dress, similar haircuts. And he said here he saw a situation where everyone, every different type of Jew seemed to have been represented, and they're all coming together for spirituality. They're all coming together for Hashem. They're not coming for the food. There's better food at home or not. They're coming for Hashem. They're coming for an association with a tzaddik. They're coming for Rosh Hashanah. They're coming for a holiday. They're coming for Kedusha. And to see so many different types of people being able to be together in one place, to converge and be together, uh, feel the holiday, celebrate the holiday together, and pray together, this is what I think it's going to look like. I didn't disagree with him. And it reminded me also of Lad Bomer. We know that today, the observant, the percentage of observant Jews in Klal Yisrael was still a very small minority compared to the number of non-observant Jews, the other affiliations. And yet, the largest gathering of Jews in the world, by far, totally uncontested, is Lad Bomer when you have several hundred thousand people, the numbers from what I've heard today are over 500,000, 700,000 people converging on a village. It's called Kfar Miron. It's not a city. It's not, we're not talking about Ramat Beit Shemesh, which they're talking about is soon gonna be one of the largest cities in Israel. We're talking about a small village that has maybe 100, 200 families living there and there's a tzaddik there by the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And most of the people that come, or many of the people that come, we don't know how much they've studied his writings, how much of Shas they've learned, how much of the Zohar Kodesh they've learned, and yet there's a magnetic attraction, the power of a tzaddik to draw hundreds of thousands of people to come, to dance, some of them express their relationship to Hashem with singing and dancing, joyful dancing like Simchas Torah, and some of them are crying, pleading, begging Hashem for solutions to problems, to crises that they have different things, and all converging, all uniting together. The power of a tzaddik. There's a Gemara at one of the shirim of my rabbi, Zechan of Rabbi Rosenfeld, he quoted a Gemara where the Gemara says, that there were different yeshivas during the time, just like today, there are different schools. In those days also, there were different yeshivas, and they were discussing the topic of Moshiach. And they wanted to, each one of them wanted to propose what the name of Moshiach will be. And the Gemara mentions four yeshivas, four schools. The Gemara says that in the yeshiva of Rabbi Menachem, they said that the name of Moshiach will be Menachem. 
and they brought proof from Pesukim in the Torah, where it says that Mashiach will be Menachem, he will console the Jewish people, etc. Then the Gemara says there was another yeshiva, the yeshiva of Rabbi Shiloh. They said that the name of Mashiach will be Shiloh, because there's a Pesach clearly that says, Ad Kiyovo Shiloh, until Shiloh will arrive, Velo Yikasamim, and to him will gather together all the nations will come to him. Just like it's written about Moshiach, V'noharu Elof Kol HaGoyim, all nations of the world will gather to him to hear him teach the, the greatness of Hashem. Then the Gemara says, the third yeshiva, the yeshiva of Rabbi Yanai, they said the name of Moshiach will be Yanai, and they brought proof from their Pasuk, Lifnei Shemesh Yinon Shemo. The Pasuk says that the light of Moshiach will outshine the light of the sun. And then finally, the fourth yeshiva, the yeshiva of Rabbi Cheskiah, they said the name of Moshiach will be Cheskiah. His mission will be Lechazek, to encourage, and they brought proof from their Pasuk. So along comes the Vilnagon, who lived approximately almost 300 years ago, and the Vilnagon says, take a look at this. Menachem, Shiloh, Yinon, Cheskiah, the first letters spell the word Moshiach. All four of them are right. They're all four right. Each one of them is a part of the Moshiach. Because Moshiach, who is the ultimate tzaddik, the ultimate salvation of Klal Yisrael, will be the ultimate symbol of unity, bringing together all of Klal Yisrael. Each and every person, just like when the, when the Gemara describes Queen Esther, the Gemara says, in terms of a beauty pageant, in terms of physical beauty or appearance, she wasn't necessarily the one that was physically the most beauty, beautiful, but the Gemara says she possessed the quality of chen, a certain charm and grace. Vatehi Esther noses chen be'ene kol ro'echa. The Gemara says that we know that different countries define beauty differently. In certain countries, a person who is white is the exception to the rule. And in other countries, it's the opposite. Different color skin, different, different countries where they appreciate thinness, and different countries where they appreciate fullness, each one. And the Gemara says she had a quality that every single person from every different country pointed to her and said, she's ours. And this is the quality, this is how the Gemara presents Moshiach, and this is the, the, the definition of a tzaddik. Rabbi Nachman says that the quality of a tzaddik, when we list the qualities of Hashem, the Pasuk says, L'cho Hashem ha-gidula v'ha-gvura defining the different qualities of Hashem. And then when it comes to the sixth one, which is yesod, Yesod means foundation, and Yesod is a term also that's attributed to Tzadik. There's a Pasuk, V'tzadik Yesod Olam. The Tzadik is the foundation of the world. The world stands on the merit of the Tzadikim. It doesn't use the word Yesod. It says, Kichol. Kichol Bashamayim Uvoretz. Because he is everything that unites heaven and earth. And we're told that the two words, kichol, the numerical value is the same as the word yesod. And Rabbi Nachman tells us this describes the definition of tzaddik. 
The definition of tzaddik is one who can bring together shamayim and eretz, the, the highest level people and the lowest level people. We're told that by the great tzaddikim, by Rabbi Nachman, by the Baal Shem Tov, there were people sitting at their table, students of theirs, who could have been leading rabbis, leading Rosh Yeshivas in other places. And at the same time, there were students sitting at their table for whom the lowest level of Gehenim would be too good for them. They didn't rate to get into minus seven, the lowest level of Gehenim. And the, the attribute of tzaddik is a quality of being able to bring all together, to be able to show each and every one of them the message that they need to receive. The ones that are on a very high level, very advanced, that tzaddik has the ability to show them that they haven't even begun to, to, to realize the greatness of Hashem. One of the greatest students of the Baal Shem Tov, the Mizrich Magid, when he came to his rabbi, he was a giant in Torah, in Yiddishkeit, and the Baal Shem Tov asked him to read a certain portion in the Zohar Kodesh. And he read it, and the Baal Shem Tov shrugged his head, as if to say, no, you're not reading it correctly. And he looked at him, we're talking about one of the giants of the generation. What, what am I not reading correctly? The Baal Shem Tov said, prepare it again. He looked it over, read it again, the Baal Shem Tov shrugged again. Then the Baal Shem Tov said, give me the Sefer. And he started reading it, and in that, on that page of the Zohar Kodesh, it mentioned different angels. It was discussing certain angels in heaven. And when the Baal Shem Tov started reading that page, the whole building that they were in started shaking, exactly like the, the Torah describes what took place at Har Sinai. The building started shaking, and each time he mentioned the name of an angel, the angel appeared. So the Mizritch Magid understood what the Baal Shem Tov wanted to show him. You've been studying Torah till now. Let me show you a different league of the study of Torah, a completely different level that these unique tzaddikim, the Baal Shem Tov, the Ariya Kodesh, Rabbi Shema Barichoy, were able to show their students and show the world a completely different level of, of recognition of Hashem. The Chidor writes that there are people who study Torah and they study 75% of the Torah. They study the Pshat, the simple translation, the Remez, the hints, and the Drush. The Drush, the part of the Torah, the Gemara, which teaches us, the, gives us the formulas, how to interpret the written Torah and be able to derive the 613 mitzvahs and all of their details. But they're not willing to study the secrets of Torah, the soid portion. And they have all kinds of excuses for it. That it's written, you can't study it till, till you're 40. So some of them are 70 or 80 years old, and they still aren't studying it. All kinds of different excuses. The Chidozal writes that King David says in Tehillim, Don't be like a horse, like a mule that has no understanding. And the Chidoh, who's one of the outstanding Poiskim, authorities on Halacha, on Kabbalah, on Drush, every facet of Torah, says that those people who choose to ignore that portion of Torah, the portion, the Kabbalah, the Chasidus, that portion of Torah, they are in the category of Pered. 
Pered makes up the first letters of the words Pshat, Remez, Drush. They're not willing to investigate a deeper, the spirituality of the Torah, the part that talks most to the neshama, to the soul, and thereby they're missing out. They end up missing out, and unfortunately in most cases, they don't have that macro vision, the ability to be able to see Hashem in the smallest things and in the largest things, to be able to see the Hashem in the little people, in those people who we would think are the furthest away from Hashem, and the ability to show the most advanced, knowledgeable people in Torah that they haven't even begun yet.
they would say Yom Kippur. And one of the proofs that they could bring to that is that the Gemara says that the, the word Hasotan, Hasotan, the prosecutor, the evil inclination, the word Hasotan has a numerical value of 364. That there are 364 days a year that this angel has power. There's one day a year, the day of Yom Kippur, when this angel's power is removed. So Yom Kippur is very, very high up on the, on the list of, of holidays. But the Tikkun Zohar tells us in the Chumash it's called Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippurim. It's a day that's like Purim. When we say like, when we compare something and say this is like that, generally the thing that it's being compared to is greater. So the Tikkun Zohar says Yom Kippur is great, Purim is greater. Purim is when we saw the downfall of Amalek, Haman. When, when the Jews were at a, at a point where they were almost about to be annihilated completely, and in the end it turned around to be the holiday of the, the greatest joy and happiness. The destruction of the Jewish people, when Haman came to propose to Achashverosh this great idea to wipe out the Jews, Achashverosh said to him, you're not the first one to come up with this idea. There were others who did it and failed. What makes you think that we're going to succeed? And Homon gave a winning argument. He said, Yeshno am echod mefuzor umeforod. Hashem calls them am echod. We say on Shabbos at Mincha time, Ato echod v'shimcho echod, Hashem is one. Umi ka'amcho Yisroel goy echod boretz. And which nation is there in the world, like the Jewish nation, who are one? Haman said, they're not one. They're mefuzor or meforod. They're dispersed, and there's disunity among them. Achashverosh said, that makes sense. Then they are vulnerable. Then we have a chance of success. When Mordechai and Esther go to work to defend the Jews, and to try to, to turn this decree around, Esther Hamalka, Queen Esther, says to Mordechai, Leich kenois eskol hayehudim. Go and gather together, bring together all the Jews. Leich kenois eskol hayehudim hanimsim That was the first requirement that she listed. First gather all the Jews together. And then, vitsumu, fast, and pray, everything else. Step number one, if we want to win this battle, if we want to turn around this decree, it's leich kenoises kol yehudim. And this is why when we celebrate this holiday, the Torah gives us a unique mitzvah that we have on Purim of ish l'reihu umatonos levyonim. There's tremendous emphasis on the friendship people exchanging gifts. We don't find this any other time during the year. The ish of people, this charity is something, a mitzvah of charity is throughout the year. Matonos levyonim, helping the poor, that applies 365 days a year. But ish not even poor people, person, a woman who can bake wonderfully, and yet she can bake much better than I can. 
and yet I bring her my cupcake, my bread, my chali, and she gives me hers, we're exchanging, we're giving back and forth. It looks sort of like a comedy act. A person watching this, some of the intellectuals in our midst who would watch this and would say, what a silly, the Jews are supposed to be known as for intelligence, this is, this is clowns, this is kid stuff. This isn't kid stuff. The, the, the rabbis tell us that the first letters of Ish Lere'ehu, Umatonas Levionim, spell the word Elul. That this month of Elul, which is referred to as Days of Awe, Days of Tshuva, Yemei Horachamim Vahaslichos, these are days when we, we invoke Hashem's extraordinary kindness and forgiveness. This is one of the critical pieces to it to make it happen. We know that in the Shmon Esrei, we say, Ki ato shomea tfilas kol per amcho Yisrael. You, Hashem, listen and hear the prayers that come from every mouth of every Jew, berachamim, with kindness, with your attribute of kindness. The word berachamim, which means with kindness, has the same exact numerical value as the word betzibur. Betzibur, when there's a group of Jews that get together to pray together. And we're told that the word tzibur, which means a gathering of Jews, a minimum of ten Jews gathering, gathering together, uniting together, the word tzibur, the tzaddik, stands for tzaddikim, very righteous people. The beis stands for benonim, medium. And the resh stands for rishoim. when we talk about Jews gathering together for a prayer session, and it's called Tfila B'Tzibur, and everybody says that. Many people, if they knew what they'd say, they would bite their tongues. We don't want Rishoim. We have a sign on the Shuk. Keep the Rishoim out. But, but our Torah disagrees with that. Our Torah says that any prayer gathering that does not include the Rishoim, it doesn't count. A fast day, which does not include the Rishon, the fast doesn't count. And the Gemara learns this from what the holiest sacrifice that was brought in the Beis HaMikdosh, the Ktores, the special offering of 11 spices, which on Yom Kippur, on the holiest day, the Kohen Gadol, the holiest Jew, would enter into the holiest place in the world, the inner, inner sanctum of the Beis HaMikdosh, of the Holy Temple, and he brought Ktoris there, this offering, which had 11 spices. The number 10 in Judaism represents holiness. The Gemara says, Ein kedusha poches miyud. 10 is holiness. 11 means we're going outside the holiness. We're going into the domain of unholiness to include them in order to make it really complete, in order for the Ktoris to be effective. The Torah was comprised of 11 spices that had a beautiful smell to them. One of them, Chelbeno, we're told, had a very foul odor, a horrible smell. And yet the Torah was unacceptable unless it included the Chelbeno. The Shalah Kodesh, one of the rabbis who lived in the 1500s, says, let's see how far this really goes. This concept of unity, this concept of inclusion, how far do we go to include? The Shalakodesh says, the Gemara tells us, 
that there's a hint to Mordechai, that Tzadik Mordechai is mentioned in the Ktoris. One of the 11 spices was called Mor, Mordoror, and the Aramaic of Mordoror is Mordechai, Mordechai. So Mordechai, this great Tzadik, this savior of the Jewish people, is found in the Ktoris. The Shavuot Kodesh says that if this sacrifice is really about unity, if it's really about inclusion, including the top and the bottom, then Haman has to be in there also. And the Shavuot Kodesh says that the word Chelbena is Bigimatria Haman. What are we saying? That Haman is included in this holiness, in this holy sacrifice? The Gemara says in Gitan that from the grandchildren from the grandchildren of Haman came forth those who taught Torah to Bnei Yisrael, who taught Torah to the Jewish people. Haman is Amalek. Haman, the mitzvah is for us to destroy, to wipe out completely. And yet the Gemara tells us that even in Haman, there was some kind of spark, some kind of a spark that didn't show itself in Haman. Haman was, had to be destroyed. Him and his ten sons had to be killed. But generations later, that spark came to life, and there were rabbis who taught B'nai Yisrael that were B'nai Bonov Shel Haman. If that's what we say about Haman, could you imagine about our fellow Jews, our neighbors, and those who live in, who are outside our immediate domain, do we exclude them? Do we write them off? Do we say they don't exist? Do we say we'd be better off without them? Or do we say that the, the coming of Moshiach and the acceptance of our prayers, ki ato kol Yisrael that we say that we hope and pray that Hashem will accept all of our prayers with His kindness, that that barachamim is dependent on the betzibur, on our ability to want to include everybody and to not to say he's the Russia, but I'm the Russia. I'm the one, I'm the smallest one in the community and everyone else is better than me and, and I'm hoping that they're going to allow me to be included also. And, and we'll, we'll talk a little more about this in the next piece. <coughs>
speaks about midos, character traits, and, and there are many beautiful character traits that are presented in the Torah. Generosity, kindness, compassion, love, happiness. But the Gemara makes a statement, anova gedola mikulam, that humility is above everything else, everything any quality that we would want to say about a human being, about a Jew, about a rabbi, about a tzaddik, the Torah tells us that this quality is above everything else. Humility. And we find that when the Torah wants to praise the Jew, Moshe Rabbeinu, it mentions one attribute about him. This person, Moshe Rabbeinu, was the most humble person of anyone that ever walked the earth. Interestingly, that it uses the word Mikol Adam, the word Adam. Adam means human being. But there is a Gemara, there's a Gemara in Chulim, where the Gemara says that there were three outstanding examples of humility. Avraham Avinu, the first forefather of the Jewish people, when he's presenting his case before Hashem, when he's trying to defend the people of Sidon and Amora, evil, wicked, horrible people who Hashem says he wants to destroy, annihilate them, and Avraham Avinu gets up and tries to defend them, in presenting his case, he says, Anochi ofor vo'efer. Hashem, I'm afraid, I don't have maybe I don't have the brazenness to really present my case, because what am I? I'm dust and ashes. This is Avraham Avinu. Then we have Dovid HaMelech, King David, who is the fourth leg of the throne of Hashem, who is the one who Hashem says, my kingdom is dependent on your kingdom. Our two kingdoms go together. And yet when King David presents himself before Hashem, he says, tolas ish. I'm a worm. I'm not a human being. I don't classify myself as a person. When I stand before Hashem, I feel like a tolas, a worm. And then the Gemara says that, however, what's written about Moshe Rabbeinu is far greater than what's written about these other two. Because by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Pesach says, V'nachnu mo kisalinu aleinu. That when the Jews came, when the Jews were in the desert, and they had complaints, and they wanted to present their complaints to Moshe Rabbeinu and his brother Aaron Akoin, Moshe Rabbeinu looks at them and says, Why are you telling me? We're nothing. We're zero. You're looking to us as if we're in charge. We're the leaders here. We're nothing. 
This is the wording in the Gemara. Now, the three people that are mentioned, Avraham, David, Moshe, the first letters spell the word Adam. And, and we're told that Moshe Rabbeinu is Anav Maud Mikol Adam. Out of the three, he's the most humble. The Baal Shem Tov asks a question. He says, I don't understand. What is the Gemara trying to tell us here? If a person could say, I am dust and ashes, and it's written in the Torah, the Torah is the book of truth, so we know this wasn't a put-on, this was real, this was real, he really believed it and felt it, how much of a difference is there between dust and ashes, or a worm, and saying I'm nothing? What's, what's the Gemara trying to teach us here? And the Baal Shem Tov says people are reading that Gemara incorrectly. They're focusing on the wrong words. They think that the, the, the punchline is the dust and ashes, the worm and the nothing. That's not it. Avram Avinu said, Anochi, I. Dover HaMelech said, Anochi, I. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't use the I word. He said, even when he wanted to say, I'm nothing, he, he wouldn't say I, because if I say I, I, I'm, that's already I'm something. He said, we, we, my brother and I. There's no I. I don't exist as an entity, me, myself. It's us. It's all about us and we. The Baal Shem Tov says, this is the punchline of this Gemara, that when the Gemara wants to speak about humility, if a person wants to know what humility is really all about, it's about eliminating the I word. In a marriage, when people say, my children, my kitchen, my house, I, the I, my, that's the, the foundation, chas v'shom, of trouble. That's the beginning of trouble. The minute people get used to using the word we and us and our, it's a different ballgame completely. There's a Pasuk in the Torah where Moshe Rabbeinu addresses the Jewish people and he says to them, Onochi omeid bein Hashem ubeinechem. That at the time that Hashem was giving the Torah to the Jewish people, Hashem placed me, put me in between himself and the Jews to be a moderator in a sense. Where in the beginning Hashem himself started speaking to the Jews. The first two commandments were given by Hashem. And then the light was so bright that the people died. They actually died. Their souls left them. And the Jews pleaded with Moshe Rabbeinu, you speak to us, so that we'll survive, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, to continue. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Anochi omeid ben Hashem u'beinechem. One of the rabbis writes, Anochi, it's this word, Anochi, I, this is what stands between Hashem and the Jewish people. This is what separates us from Hashem. The more a person is using that I word, I did, I want, and I did, and I came, and I went, then there, it's, it's a disconnect between the person and Hashem. The more a person eliminates that I word, that anoichi, the more there's, there's room for Hashem in their lives, and the more there's the, the room, the ability to work together to, for people, for relationships to develop and to exist and to continue. We're living in, in dangerous times. The Gemara says that there were rabbis that said, let Moshiach come, and I don't want to be around to see it. 
because they understood that things, there were going to be terrible, terrible things taking place. We see today cases of people who are married 20 years, 30 years, and getting divorced. And we see people who have all kinds of relationships other than marriages. Relationships where people were close for many years and nothing. In one second, person can walk away and I don't know you, that kind of thing. And unfortunately, this is one of the critical pieces that the Torah teaches us. When it says, Anova gedola mikulam, that if a person, if a person recognizes the, the, the ability that a person has to get close to Hashem and the ability that we have to interact correctly with each other is dependent on this point. It's dependent on the elimination, the elimination as much as possible of a person thinking about themselves, putting themselves first. The Torah teaches us midos, character, that, that when, a, when it comes to speaking, listen first, allow the other person to speak first. When it comes to taking food, don't be the first one to take the food from the plate. All of these mitos are meant to shape, to shape a human being to be betzelem elokim in the image of Hashem. The Torah tells us about Hashem, where we find Hashem's greatness, we find Hashem's humility. The greater Hashem is, the higher up he goes, the more he's able to reach further down and be able to bring close the people that are furthest away. And, and Rabbi Nachman tells us that the definition of a tzaddik is the same thing. The greater the tzaddik, the higher up a tzaddik rises in deeper and deeper levels of Torah, the more he's able to reach down and reach out to people who are further away and make them feel connected to Hashem. An example, again, we give the example of Laboner. Out of all the different rabbis in the world, it's specifically this rabbi who studied and taught secrets of Torah, secrets that weren't revealed to others. And if they were revealed, they weren't given permission to reveal these secrets. And it's this rabbi who, who expounded on the deepest mysteries of the Torah. This is the one who's reaching the most advanced people. And at the same time, we find the Jews that are furthest away from Torah, from observance, coming, feeling that magnetic draw, being attracted to this tzaddik as a means, as a bridge of being able to connect them to Hashem.
again, we'd just like to thank again everyone for coming. And please take this unity message very seriously in a happy way. Bring it to your families and friends. And we really thank again Rev Weinman and Yossi Latin for coming here special to Ramatli Chemish. We should give them a round of applause. And also, of course, wonderful, unbelievable music from Menachem Herman, who I'm sure you can you know, find online, as well as Eliezer Kosoi from Elyon. And together, we should have many more events, unity events. It should just be the beginning. Yeah, we'll give them a round of applause. And we would like to just to give us the last few words of, uh, you know, after us in unity before we go off back to our homes and back to our lives. And then a bit of more Leibelika song from uh, our wonderful musicians to end the event. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ari Gerber, as well. Again, for organizing And then, just to remind everyone, thank you, Yossi, we're going to have a Marib together, obviously. Very important. We should have done together right after this wonderful unity event. Basibo. On the night of Yom Kippur, there are many Jews that, that don't, don't go to shul all year round. Not during the weekdays, not on Shabbat, unfortunately. Different circumstances, different reasons. Some of them don't know what a shul is. Some of them don't know what Shabbos is, even in today's times. However, even the least connected Jews, many of them, are fortunate enough to come to shul on Yom Kippur, on the night of Yom Kippur. And when we start this service on the night of Yom Kippur, everybody knows it's called Kol Nidre. But there's something before Kol Nidre. Before the Chazan begins the words Kol Nidre, there's a sentence there where we say, Aldas Hamokom Va'aldas Hakol with the agreement of Hashem and with the agreement of all those that are present here, mm. we are announcing that we are inviting the Avaryanim. Avaryanim means criminals. We're making it very clear that we want to include them also in our prayer on Yom Kippur. In the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur prayers, in the Musaf, we'll just point out two of the incredible highlights. There's one paragraph there, which those that daven in a Breslev minion on Rosh, Hashanah, Yom Kippur, on Rosh Hashanah know that this is one of the highlights of the entire holiday. This paragraph in the middle of the Musaf Shmon Esrei, that the repetition of the Musaf, where it begins with the words, V'yei chol lo'avdecha. There'll come a time when everyone will come to serve you. V'yivarchu shem kivodecha. And they'll bless your holy name. V'yagidu vo'iim tzidkecha. And they'll declare your righteousness in far-flung lands. V'yidrashucha amem lo'yidoucha. And people that never knew about you will come to seek you out. Vihalalucha kol afse oretz. And they'll praise you from all corners of the world. This is one of the highlights of our prayer on Rosh Hashanah. You can take a look at your machzer. I'm just giving the introduction. It gets better as it continues. And then the last line is, 
v'yishmu rechokim v'yavohu. And those who are distant will hear and they'll come v'yitnu lecha keser melucha. And they will crown you, they will place your crown your, of kingdom on your head, kaviachol. And in Breslov, when they recite this, they sing the whole, the entire shul, thousands of people get together to sing this. The Aron Kodesh, the Holy Ark is open. And when they, when they say these final words, everyone claps and applauds like when a king is being coronated. And, and recognizing that this is what's needed to make it happen. What's needed to make it happen is it's going to require every, all the different Jews coming together. And, and each and every one of us, I remember my rabbi, Rav Rosenfeld, once said that there are people who study Shalom Bayes and, and then they want to buy a telescope to look, to search, to find where there are people that have a Shalom Bayes, but to be able to help them. And they don't know charity begins at home. That those of us who want to work on Shalom, on Shalom or Shalom Bayes, it begins at home with us, with us and our spouses, with us and our children, with us and our parents, with us and our neighbors, all around us, all the different places. A little further in the Shemot Esrei, again, the Elokeinu v'lekeavoseinu, one of the final paragraphs. We say there that we, we pray to Hashem, Meloch al kol holam kulo b'chodecha, Hashem, please reign over the entire universe with your glory. And may your glory be exalted all over the world. And let every single creation come to the realization that you're the ones who created them. And let every single person in whom you've placed a soul, let them all proclaim Hashem Elokei Yisrael Melech, that the Hashem of the Jewish people is the king, umalchuso bakol mashola, and his kingdom reigns everywhere. Everywhere means everywhere, top and bottom, in the highest, highest places, in the places of the greatest degree of holiness, in the inner, inner sanctum of the Holy Temple, and in the lowest places, the places that are furthest away from Hashem, the lowest places of Tumah, Hashem is there. Hashem is there. A person who searches, a person who reaches out for Him, will be able to find Him there, wherever the person is. Basher Husham. The word Shalom, the word Shalom, which means peace. We know the Gemara says that that's the true vessel of blessing. <coughs> We know that in these days, in Elul and the Aseris Yimei Tshuva, we're, we're trying to invoke the 13 attributes of kindness. The Sfarim that we say slichas throughout the entire month of Elul. We know that the highlight, the most important part of the prayer of slichas and all of our prayers is those 13 attributes of kindness that we mentioned, the 13 names of Hashem of kindness, which Hashem himself taught Moshe Rabbeinu he said that whenever the Jews will be in any type of crisis, this is the way you should pray for me. If you will recite these 13 attributes of kindness, it'll invoke the highest levels of Hashem's kindness and be able to appease Hashem's anger and be able to turn everything around. We say, Kel Hore Salon Ulomar Shlosh Esrei. 
Hashem taught us to recite these words. One of the rabbis writes that the term chesed, chesed means kindness. 13 times chesed, chesed is 72. 13 times 72 is 936. 936 is begimatria shalom, peace, the word peace. We know that the mem at the end of a word, a mem in the middle of a word has a value of 40. When it appears at the end of a word, the Hebrew alphabet goes up to tough, the 400. The numbers from 500 through 900 are made up by the five end letters, menatzpach, so that the, the, the mem sofit is 600. The word shalom is 936, and this is the thing that has the ability to arouse, to activate all 13 attributes of Hashem's kindness. Hashem may, may Hashem help us to work on an inner peace, number one, to bring about a peace between the body and soul. These two are opposites that are battling. The Zohar Kodesh compares it to a horse and a rider. The body is the horse, the soul, the neshama is the rider. Now, the, the, a peaceful relationship, sometimes people say, sure, let's make peace. Children and parents will make peace. Today, you are the boss. Today, you, the, the father says what we should do. And tomorrow, the son will say what we should do, or the daughter. That's not peace. That's a reversal, a role reversal. The Zohar Kodesh says, you have the horse and the rider. They can't say that one day the horse will be on top and the rider on, on bottom. It's not going to work. So the body and soul, the peace between body and soul is when the body comes to recognize the authority and, and the goodness that the, the success of both of them is depend, dependent on each one knowing their place and, and playing their role in a proper way. And here also, between us, in terms of our, our parents, our children, our neighbors, our rabbis, our friends, Shem should help us to do what we can to eliminate machlokis, to eliminate disagreements, to eliminate disrespect, to eliminate ignoring people. The, the, I believe it's the Arizal that writes that out of the 12 tribes, we know that Moshiach is going to come from Shevet Yehuda, from the tribe of Yehuda. And in the blessing that Yaakov Avinu gives to Yehuda, he praises him. One of the things he praises him for is he says, that when the brothers got together to tear up one of their fellow brothers to, to murder Yosef HaTzadik, Yehuda was the one who spoke up and said, Ma betza? What are we going to gain from this? What are we going to benefit from this? And the Arizal says that the first letters of are the same as the first letters of the name of Moshiach, Menachem ben Amiel. That it was this quality, the ability to avoid machlokis, to avoid not to get involved with his, with his machlokis, I'm out of it, count me out, I don't want to have any part of it. It was this attribute through which Yehuda was zochet that from him will come Moshiach. Shem should help us be soon to welcome the coming of Moshiach, the building of the third day, Samikdash, Ben Hera, Amenu, Amen, Amen. Thank you, everyone. We're going to dive more in a few minutes.
Ha <laughs> ha. 